0: it's now time for cannabis talk 101 with blue joe grande and mark and craig wasserman the pot brothers at law we're the world's number one podcast for everything cannabis
2: Hello and welcome to Cannabis Talk 101, my name is Blue, alongside of me is the world famous
3: Joe Grande. Thank you ladies and gentlemen, it's a pleasure.
2: And Mr. World Famous Craig Wasserman from the Pop Brothers at Law. Missing today is Mr. Little Brother. We do miss him as he's out there surfing in Laguna uh, Beach.
3: Laguna Beach. I don't think he's surfing.
2: He's surfing. I no. seen him with his shirt off yesterday. He had his shirt off. He was trying to go live with his shirt off. People were like, yo, put that back on, bro. Yeah, we're calling him Casper the Friendly Ghost. And they said he had a machete <laughs> and all kinds of weird stuff. <laughs> They're like, I think he's got a machete under those shorts. It was fun. Either way, we have big brother here. And that's all that
3: counts, actually. And that's all that matters. <laughs> well, what you say goes when it comes well, to the Pop Brothers That's law. right. Listen.
2: Well, we have an amazing show for you, Joe. Let us know what's going well, down. Well, I want to thank everybody for listening to the podcast, Cannabis
3: Talk 101. And of course, if you ever want to be a part of the show, we love playing your voicemails. 800-420-1980. That number, again, is 800-420-1980. Make sure you check out our Instagram pages, Cannabis Talk 101. Uh, the Pop Brothers at Law are at pot underscore brothers underscore at underscore law. Mark is at waslaw. Right here, Big Brother is at Waslaw Dog. My man Blue is at one Christopher Wright. I am at Joe Grande 52. Make sure you go check us out. And today on the show, we have a brother from Oakland who I love like my own brother. We've never slapped hands, or maybe we did back in the day, but I was so high, and maybe we were at the Sound Factory or somewhere else, and I can't recall, but Tucky Blunt, a.k.a. government name Alfonso, he's the co-owner of yes. Bluntson Moore and Proud Papa's Clothing. Now, this is what's dope about this cat. He's the first person to open a dispensary in Oakland under the Social Equity Act. And if, if I'm not mistaken, is it Oakland or the world?
4: The world. Yes, wow. the, first. the first person yeah. in the
3: world to open. We're gonna get to that story. If you want to check him out on Instagram, it's Tucky Blunt eighty on Twitter, Blunt Tucky. Um, we're gonna talk about black ownership in cannabis and and welcome to Cannabis Talk One Hundred and One, sir. How you doing, brother?
5: Man,
4: man, thank you for having me. It's an honor and a, and a privilege. So I'm great. I'm I'm ecstatic actually. No, oh, yeah. it's,
3: it's really good I've loved uh, seeing you uh, interview with our brother Sway and doing your thing there and all over the globe getting all your national recognition but one thing off top is you know you get popped back in the day and to be a social equity owner you have to have a criminal record when I did the research on you dog to think you got busted for $80 worth of weed man yep. Let's, That's what gave yes. you
2: the record. Let's talk 80, about that. What I'm happened?
4: Just, what, what was break down, down that story? story? Um, so that particular day, had they came about an hour earlier, total different circumstances. But but that particular day, <laughs> I was just in the shooting really? range. Yeah, if they, yeah, I came a little earlier. But um, I was getting back from the shooting range. I had a thing that I would do um three times a week with one of the people I would buy my product from. We would always go to the shooting range after we did our transactions or whatever, and um. He dropped me off like normal. Not even three minutes later, cop pull up. Boom! Mm. We heard your car, your description has a gun and a weed in the car. So at the time, I didn't know the script. I had never been interacted with police yeah. ever in that nature. So I just kind of like froze. Wait a minute. I sound crazy.
0: Well, you sound good. You're good over here. Okay.
2: no, we can't. Now hear we can't all. hear you. Okay, hold on. Oh, there We're we go. We got you. We got you, we got you
4: okay. Good now. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Might have been the headphones. So, I kind of panicked and was kind of like asking him questions, like "What you arrested me for, or whatever." So, long story short, I had a gun in the car. I had about eight bags of weed, and I sold weed pastries at the time. So I had like carrot cakes, some banana nut breads, um, some chocolate chip cookies, all kind of stuff. So they took it. Um, the dude took me to jail. Um,
2: was the
7: gun and that yours? Was
4: I, got, I got felony probation, uh, 10 years of felony probation for $80 worth a week. Was the gun they, yours?
7: They didn't write you up on the yeah, gun Yeah, it was mine.
4: Registered to me. Registered to the address that um, I was in front of Um, because I was working to be a probation officer. I started work with Alameda County the monday after they arrested me wow and i ended up seeing sure. the arresting officer on my first day Shut at lunch up. walking into the building i'm like i told you i work for the county he was like wow so yeah <laughs>
3: yeah
7: can't go back and get well, that l- l- luckily there was no gun charge that that's huge that was no, huge. oh no
4: that, no i got charged with the gun and the weed.
7: i got charged with both oh you did
4: but that's they why, dropped that's why i got charged with the, um yeah i ended up getting everything dropped sealed Expunged, um like I can go get a gun again, I can go like my life is back from Charlie Valid again. But you know, I got, I got gun and weed charges, and that's how I ended up um, getting the 10 years of felony probation. Back then in Oakland, if you caught a case of any type, the mandatory minimum was the felony minimum five years of felony probation. They was trying to get out to everybody. I got 10 because I had two cases and then they was a little lenient, I guess, because they seen I wasn't like a they didn't know me as a dope dealer. You know what I'm saying? They just happened to get some information on me and called me. They would have never called me had I not got snitched You know right. what I mean?
2: So, right. You know, one of the things, uh Oakland, you know, speaking of who? Oakland, is that your hometown? Born and raised. Born and raised. The town. You know, um, you know, right there on uh where Osterdam University is or was, I'm, I'm not a sure. Friend. Yeah, right across the street, there's a uh there's a, a dispensary there. Are you familiar yes. with are you familiar with that one? Yes. Okay, so that that dispensary, man, I went there one time. There's a little cafe, and they I had. You're gonna
3: say you owned it? I was like, no, you owned no, 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 no. My
2: my buddies all my buddies all worked, you know, with those guys or something for a long time, years and years ago. And I was out yeah. there, you know, getting into some trouble, you know, trying to figure out, you know, get some stuff back or whatever. But we were at that dispensary, and, and I remember it was just so there was such a huge line. From, you know, all the way down the street and around the corner on that damn place. And I ended up getting in there and taking one Hershey kiss, like a little Hershey kiss thing that they had. It was like a hash kiss or something like that. And I was sitting inside of a a little cafe that's right there. And I remember sitting there going, man, this, this, this place is a rough town. Oh. You know what I'm saying? Oakland ain't no joke, right. bro. You know what they say? Oh, uh- Definitely. It's just like Definitely. Compton. I mean, it, it's it's a rough town in Oakland, man. So you know, growing up out there must have been must have been crazy, especially in the cannabis industry. You know, um, tell us about your five kids, man.
4: Oh uh, man, do you said that. I've been talking to one all day. My 15 year old, he's a uh, hoop scholar. But uh, five kids. Oldest is 21. Um, youngest is 12. I got 21, 20, 19, 15, and 12. Um, Three boys, two girls, so they all over the place, and um, yeah, they. I got three of them out of my house already, so they grown doing their thing. I'm not a grandfather yet,
5: Woohoo! Right? <laughs> <And> then, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, raised fans. them right. I know that
4: I'm feeling. Like, man, they 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 chilling. Um, my daughter's an aspiring DJ. She's really really good at DJing. My baby, and then my son, I've been talking to in the room all day. He's like, I mean this with 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 uh, as a dad, you know, you don't want to give too much props. He's raw in basketball, and he's a 4.0 student. So, so he's just awesome like his pops him.
3: then. Uh, he's just like his pops when it comes to the scholastics. I know, mean, for cats that don't you know, it, this so. guy right here, Alfonso, a.k.a. Tucky Blunt, I was going to bring it up, but cats need to recognize when somebody gets a 4.0 in high school. You know what I mean? When you carry that, that shows a lot of – just charisma of being able to buckle down because i never had a 4.0 period i think my highest was a 3.5 and and i Mm -hmm. cheated to get that (laughs) you know what i'm saying (laughs) it wasn't like i deserved it but i mean does school did school come easy for you because i mean how did you pull off a 4.0 like that say for me school was
4: always easy and i give this to my mom um my dad helped me a lot too but i'm gonna give this specifically to my mom She had me training on like a little, it was like a, not cardboard, but a like, not construction paper. It's thicker than construction paper, but she made a chart. It had the numbers to 100, the months of the year, the days of the year, um, uh, I mean, the days of the week or whatever. had five timetables, 10 timetables, just a bunch of different stuff on it. And she started teaching that at like two years old. And once I got to school, it was just, I skipped a grade in elementary. And school was always like, school to me was how I got out to go do my freedom. So if I can bring home straight A's, I can go do whatever I wanna do because as long as I'm bringing my good grades home, my parents let me do what I wanted to do. So it was like, all right, I can do grades, I can sell weed, I can work, and all I gotta do is just go to school and bring you 4.0's, oh, I can do that. And it was easy, like, it, I, I like to learn, so.
7: Sure, so I mean, do you, do you think it, it's horrible to even think about the, the silver lining, or the blessing in disguise, do you think you'd be an owner of a dispensary today if it had not been for that bust?
4: No, I wouldn't be. No, 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 no. no That's no. 100%. crazy. I, I wouldn't That's even, crazy. I, no way, no how. would even? have I would have never got caught. I would have never qualified as an equity candidate because right. I had been selling weed for nine years with no police interaction because of how I sold my weed. I Correct. was never the man, but I was a man. You know what I'm saying? So I would have just kept level and been cool. I sold most of my weed at places I worked. So,
2: right, right. That's, now a lot of people do that. Bluntson Moore is your is your um, a dispensary, and you also yes. have uh, the pop uh, Proud Papa's clothing. Uh, let's talk yes. about that for a minute. Let's, you know, I, I believe you guys do donations, and and you know, you, you're giving back to the community as well. So I, I want to hear a little bit about that.
4: Okay, so Proud Papa's uh, was something I started in 2013, sitting at my desk in Alameda County. I just um, I woke up one day and was like, man, I would love to see a shirt with a silhouette of a black father with some kids. So I Googled black father silhouettes. Everything you could tell was a white person. No offense or whatever. But I was like, what can I do about that? Created Proud Papas, made a silhouette, did a movement, um, helped fathers fill out paperwork and just different things they need to do. Been going on for a while. Kind of had to put it on the back burner because of Blunts and More. Um, with it being a dispensary and with me trying to get the message that people like us can own a successful space and franchise, that's kind of like taking a little more of importance as of right now. Uh, as far as giving back, we just put on um, a big event called the uh, I Got Five on the United Rebuild where we raised money for other dispensaries that were burglarized doing all the uprising oh, behind you. the George Floyd murder. And we ended up giving back um, upwards around 20000 25000 to four. Four or five different dispensaries within the Bay Area.
7: Now, oh. let me ask you this. I'm, I'm real. Go ahead. No, no, go on. You can finish. Oh, sorry about that.
4: I was gonna say I'm just real big on
2: helping the community,
4: community. giving back, and the way that I grew up in Oakland, the community I grew up. I'm 40, so I grew up in the era of us helping each other, us working together, and us using violence as a teachable moment instead of a reason to be more violent. So,
3: nice.
7: yeah, going back that far into the cannabis community, I mean, it, it's. I mean people did business a certain way back then in that market and if you've been in it that long and you you know you were straight up you're going to have a pretty long uh long career in it and and business in it and uh, hopefully that rolls over into today's market where you get a lot of people outside the cannabis community as we know it in california coming in Mm -hmm. putting in seven eight million dollars and losing their ass because they don't know what they're doing how how much of a road was it because I deal with social equity applicants I represent several of them here in Los Angeles and okay. it's been a cluster we
4: should talk offline we should talk absolutely
7: offline. um I'm knee deep in it here and I represent the actual seas themselves against the big Go corporations ahead. trying to fuck them predatory practices um and I'm sure you're aware of what's going on in l a it's what a yes. mess it's been um how how long was the uh was the road from when you started the process to when you opened up in November of 18.
4: Uh, okay. So for us, we have a, like a spiritual life story, how everything happened. It wouldn't have happened this way, but it happened. We got our license. We won the lottery in January.
7: Of what um, year? After the January,
4: moment. January of, uh, um, 17, or 18 um, of 17. Yeah. So January 17, you win the license. You have to then find, um, Property. um, property, money, all of that, because you gave a poor person a license in a billion dollar industry and no information on what to do. So I actually know it was 18. It was 18. It was 18. It was January of 18. So yeah, we got this license. We um, had a bunch of people come in, try to offer me deals. I had have a heart, try to buy me out. Just, you know, different the usual suspects. And I was like, no, I knew my work. Um, which we'll get to, I'm sure we'll get to the point about the equity program and the pros and cons. Um, it's, One of them is knowing your worth and, you know, mm-hmm. having education on your worth. But we did that. We had a bunch of people try to give us properties that had liens on them. It was just crazy. There was a property we had looked at in Oakland that I knew was of value because it was directly across the street from the Oakland Coliseum. And um, it was a grow operation from a company called Grizzly Peak, and they had retail space. They applied for a license for the retail, but they got it. They they applied for a general license, didn't get it, but they still have the space. So it was like, well, hey, how can we work out a deal so we can get the space? Y'all can grow y'all weed, and we can be a happy marriage. We worked on that from March until we opened November eighteenth. Mm-hmm. Um, they gave us startup capital, um, in a loan, and to get any equity in the store um no ownership or anything we uh, strategically increased certain other things that we'll pay them for like with them being a landlord sure can't like say everything sure. but we increased ways to pay them that way and then also made agreements to buy product from them and allow them to be our management team as far as hiring and firing but there were stipulations in that if they didn't do a b and c by dc D, uh D, e, and F, we can cut that part out and Stuff happened. We end up cutting that part out. So we're not even tied that way anymore. It's just straight landlord tenant and then pay back our loan. But normal general equity applicants aren't going to have that business savvy to have that conversation to negotiate that deal. You know what I'm saying? We were like in a special circumstance because I'm smart, have businesses, know how to talk. Brittany was smart, come from the cannabis background. We were able to come in that room and be black. And y'all now know we black. You know what I'm saying? Whereas, other people who, you have a poor person license in the billion dollar industry that's never made more than, you know, $30,000 in their life, they're going to sign in the way for whatever they can get
3: and yeah. get fucked. That's the hard part. Yeah. yeah. where do you have a have a heart couple
7: that comes I, 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 in with big pockets? I, 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 and I, I, a, hey. Actually, a lot of my clients, unfortunately, seem to fall into that other category where they're not educated. Um, you know don't have the business savvy and i mean i was telling people to turn down shit left and right and it was hard for me because some people were getting screwed but they were getting offered 10 15 grand a month you know and it was hard for me to tell them don't do it but i told them don't do it one did anyways they're going to do what they got to mm-hmm. do but we're, there was just so much predatory practice and before we go to break real quick for the listeners mm-hmm. social equity status Various cities in the state of California have programs to give preferential treatment to people who've been uh, either convicted, have a low income, or were from a disproportionately impacted area zip codes on the war on crime. And so they've come up with ways to try to help help that group of people, which they call social equity applicants, into the mm-hmm. cannabis space, and it's just been a mixed bag all over the state where they have it. It's been uh, so so your story so far is like if someone were to come in to ask me what's the absolute best case scenario, that probably mm-hmm. never will happen. I think is your case. You say call Alfonso. Well, well, that's well, your case. Well, we yeah. gotta
2: figure that and out. I mean, are you completely happy with your partners? And then my other question would be: Are, are your partners? You know, um, it doesn't also, sound like he has them anymore. Also black. Oh, you don't have any partners anymore. He one other partner, Brittany. Well, yeah, but that's well, so you. My, t-
4: well, more, more is my partner, Brittany Moore. So it's Blunt me, and then Brittany Moore is more. So the other people weren't never; they were never partners. They were landlords. And business partners, as far as like a transaction for a loan, yeah, that was yeah, it. so, so, so many, you had to make so, sure that was key because soon as they think they have ownership, but no, it's me and Bree on the store. I mean, I, sure.
7: unfortunately, here in LA, they allow if the, if you're a tier one, which is the highest tier you can be, you have to have 51 percent. The social equity applicant needs to have 51 percent and control. And every operating agreement, every deal I saw for money coming in was how 10, 10 different ways. How can we get around that? And yep. it was just—it's—it's it's horrible, and I think it's still going on. And some people get are here. buying into it, and others are—they're hanging tough. And when they come to me, I'm—I'm I'm a deal breaker when it comes to—you know—I'm looking out for your rights and how they're trying to screw you down the road. And half these agreements wouldn't even get through the Department of Cannabis Control here in LA if—if if they actually read them. Which I don't know if they're going to go through all these operating agreements to see how backdoor they really don't own 51 percent. They really don't control, yeah. and
3: it's.
1: They're we'll just using
7: control. their
3: situation I had to get the and some and Diesel some licenses.
7: people don't mind they're like give me 20 grand a month do what you want I mean yeah. and for them that right. might not be a bad deal for some people um, right. but it's just it's just not right when you're when well are there and
2: that 20 grand don't come in we'll we'll, we'll, we'll we'll talk about that when we come back we'll be right back I yep. be that's
0: great.
5: Welcome back to
2: Cannabis Talk 101. We are with Blunts. Tucky, Tucky, Tucky Blunts. Blunts. Tucky Blunts. Tucky Blunts. AKA Senior Alfonso from Blunts and A-K-U-R Moore out of Oakland and he is a social equity Applicant that has successfully got his, his The first ever in the world man and the very first ever in the world man. Isn't that crazy? It's, it's great think about all the people That
3: you deal with, this guy's the first one to and That get was in 18, history.
7: I mean that was progressive For Oakland back then To, yes. to do this, yes. that was very progressive yes. LA's been yes. dragging on for two years People have been holding on to property. Unfortunately, they just allowed people to switch to move properties, because before you were locked in, the minute you put in your application, so you had to hold this property for two fucking years. Now at least people can let go of properties, and they're allowing a, a notice of uh, address change. But for, for, to have that status back in '18, I mean, my hat's off to you, and that—that's you know, congratulations or an order. It's, to it's, two it's, years it's, later, definitely,
4: it's a lot, but the program itself, I say this and anytime I get a chance to, the program itself is a great concept, great idea it's doing great things but it's just like anything it needs oversight it definitely needs education and it definitely needs funding, now when I say education I don't mean in a book I mean education as, like I said teach these people about predatory lending practices um, you have in Oakland we have a thing called a technical assistance program that are supposed to help people like us but they're getting paid and not doing anything. They're asking me to come train people. How are you getting paid by the state but you want me to come in for free to train people? No, I need some money too. Right. So if we can get people part of the, you can't have people making decisions in the space that's not in the space. Sure. Period, sure.
1: Well,
7: period yeah.
2: Period, point
7: blank. But, but yet we, like, have,
2: but we have so many. <laughs>
7: but we have the, we have the entire government fucking government making our rules who have never been in the space. Never even smoked a joint. And, that, and nor do they even hire
2: people that are in that but, space. But I mean, just to, like here,
7: they're supposed to have that technical assistance. And it just, you know, I think some of the cities, I mean, it sounds good. They may have good intentions. I don't know, a lot of it's politics. You know, if you look at LA, there was a bunch of shit going on. We actually broke a story with one of my applicants who caught a Ooh. an aide talking about people getting in early. I don't know if you saw any ever saw any of that. Um, that was actually Mike Klein who came to me saying Craig went to talk to this guy and my, my husband happened to be taping it and he was talking about the 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 Russians, yeah. Armenian <laughs> mob, the Armenian mob getting just in. It's crazy. And, shit. Everybody and got getting in dirty. 30 minutes early to the portal. And just all kinds of crap And it really, unfortunately, it didn't make a fucking bit of difference
3: No, no. And what are those pros and cons As you kind of mentioned earlier That you mm-hmm. see for social equity As you're the first ever to go there And I'm sure a million cats From the town to New York Have come up to you and said Tucky Blunt, help me Alfonso What do I need to do So break down for the listener that's out there That's going, damn, I got a record I you know People are right. approaching me or I want to get in the game Lace us up
4: Okay, so give me a minute, because this is like a couple parted answer. One. As far as everybody getting reform, everybody getting out of jail for cannabis has to happen. They got to get out. But that also comes with us voting in the right elections and not just in the ones we think we pose a voting. You got to vote for your city councils and your mayors and people have to understand that. Bottom up. So true. All people, black, white, pink, whatever. We all have to do that for whoever we vote, because by the time it gets to the presidential, it's too late. Even though you still got to vote, but by then the decision is already made. You know what I'm saying? It's kind of like whatever. So that's part of it. Two, if you want to get in this space, really want to be in this space. What I mean by that is, yeah, free everybody that's been locked up for it. But do I want everybody that's locked up for it to come into the space and they're really not going to approach this like a business? Then fuck it up. Get closed. Lose money. Go in debt. And then that's going to be what the rest of the community talks about. Ah, look at that black person in the cannabis space. We told you this was going to happen. So if you are going to get in the space, go to your Oakster Dams, get your learning, get your certificates, you know, reach out and get training on the field you want to be in. But also don't come in here thinking everyone's going to open a dispensary and everyone's going to grow weed. Those are two of the hardest things to do in the cannabis space anywhere, whether it's legal or illegal, is grow weed and sell weed. So if you think that you could just get into that, don't 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 come in and, and get into that. No, I, I not like to kill anyone's dreams, but you have can to be Craig? real. Like everyone <laughs> wants to go on sale. That's the main question I get. Like, can we grow and sell? No, everyone can't grow and sell. Learn how to make the lights that go in the dispensaries. I mean, learn how to do security, learn how to do the deliveries, it's, learn how to host podcasts about weed. Like there's other stuff that you can do. So my main thought when I tell people if they want to get in it is make sure they really want to get in it, do the training it takes to be in it, and then then we see what happens. You know what I mean? But you got a lot of people who are just going to get out and jump in the game. I believe that's going to fuck us up.
7: Yeah, I mean, we, It's
4: going to have a, a, a negative effect.
7: Yeah, we, we see that all the it time. Really and it's, it's funny you say about dream killing. That's what we called ourselves in uh, in 18 when the regs came into play. And <laughs> people would come in for a, a consult about getting into the business. And they were getting out of the, the illicit market at that point or even the the legal cooperative uh, market back then and we'd say look it's it's a lot different you know eyes wide open it's just not going to be what you think it is you can't just come in and for you know 20 grand open up a store you know you got to have a half a million dollars you got to have the business sense you got to have a a team you got to have a CPA you got to have the right law you got to have the right compliance team it's just not as easy as you think and, uh, and we've probably turned away, not turned away, probably made more people run away than, than we've taken in as opposed to, you know, talking lots of fluff and just, you know, retaining anybody who wanted what? to pay.
4: Guess what? And not to cut you off, but guess what? That's a good thing because they weren't ready to be in the business. That's all All the stuff you named off are things that you're going to need to run a successful business. So if that runs you off, then you don't need to be in this business. It's okay with no, it. you. Know, I, I agree. Kind of people-
2: Okay. No,
7: I mean okay. I agree, and and that we we never we that's never the harsh reality of we facts. never wavered from that, even though people were willing, and there were other attorneys taking money from people who wanted to get in it without giving them that eyes wide open talk, and we just you know, there's not something we wanted to do because I didn't want to get in, you know ten twenty thirty grand into it, and all of a sudden this isn't going to happen. Uh, that's not how we right. you know how we did things. So, um, right. and and then as far as the social equity applicants, all of them we've done. I wouldn't say pro bono it's one of the we, we've done those things where it's if you get successful on this deal you know take care right. of us down the road but until then we're gonna right. give you the support and backing and we have about six or seven people that we chose to work with that otherwise they wouldn't have any type of access to legal support or uh, and especially going through the operating agreements and all those corporate documents that all these people were throwing at these guys and they had no Ooh. clue well I think there's a most huge...
4: of that shit is garbage most is. Of that, like I have contracts we have like you know most of that shit is a bunch of bullshit. It's like, okay, just like, for, put it in a one, give me a one pager. Why do I us. need to know this, 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 this? But, you know, that's another way to throw people off. If you're not willing to read that, oh, you, you may not be willing to do yeah, it correctly. You, fucking don't, you pages. don't sign deals that you don't realize have you X'd out by page three. You know what I'm saying? So that's that's the education piece. You know what I'm saying? Like, and it's, it's you, you would think it'd be a logical thing to do, but again, we are dealing with a industry that is being ran by people not in the industry yeah they're they're
7: using uh, I don't know. Mem- they're using uh, llc membership transfer agreements that are 30 40 50 pages long with crap in there that someone else wrote 20 30 years ago and they're using the same goddamn document over and over and over and over i mean when you come to Good us place. we'll give you a one or two page document man you take that to them and say if you don't like it go somewhere else Depends what side of the coin you're on. What kind it's of easier said than done, and who's
3: represent people? How hard was that too right. for you, Tucky Blunt? As we're talking to Tucky Blunt from Blunts and More Dispensary in Oakland, how hard was that dealing with the? Do you need legal representation when you're such a smart cat yourself? You're looking at this going, man. I can figure this shit out myself. Did you still need to search for legal counsel?
4: Well, for us, another cold situation. Part of our team is a legal cannabis counsel. Uh, in Florida, and Brittany's mom was a cannabis paralegal, so we had legal attached to us from the jump, which worked out. Nice. I always had questions. You know what I mean? I don't know legal jargon, so I would be looking up words, pulling them out of the dictionary, seeing what they meant, applying them to the page, and then if I had questions, I had in-house legal. But that's something that I feel the city should provide. And the city, the technical assistance
2: program, is ran by attorneys.
4: They're not cannabis <laughs> attorneys. It's just right. like
7: it's. They don't know nothing.
2: you know, I think I think what happens is is right now with with the the social equity, you know, because I, I spoke to a lot of them myself, and they were asking for advice and help. and you know, i I sat there and and some of them had these visions that were unobtainable. So you know on on one side, I'm like, you know, you 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 can't expect someone to drop, you know, 10 million dollars on you and then let you run the whole 10 million dollars, right? Without right. any say so because that's kind of what it what it comes to and and it's like you, you know so that's a scary pr- proposition for, for an investor you no, know I mean I
7: get both sides but it doesn't mean they really have to be predatory right. I mean the rules are the no, rules
2: uh, no and, and I, I agree with not being predatory but 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 there should have been you know doing it the proper way would have said hey if you're gonna spend more than 30% of you know this amount of this million dollars we need to be you know completely involved in, it or in the, those decisions and then if it goes above that then it goes to this next level like a tiered system there he is yeah is that the baller? <laughs> oh. hold on y'all
4: okay oh, okay sorry y'all no nope, it's all right um, hey, we, we all working <laughs> from home right <laughs> um, yeah so it's it's just it's 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 a trip you say that about just you know how everything is but it's like man it's just it's just i don't know like how can i describe how we had to deal with the legal stuff it was just more so just like if you got people that you can give some knowledge to and just have them understand what they're going into and know they worth and know they value that's just a start you know what i'm saying that's 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 bare minimum so they can be like okay cool you got some people that just are going to sign away just they don't care they're not paying attention it's money dangling in front of them it's cool and these business you know these sharks know that they they know that they're going to find the ones that that don't care but what is wrong with you owning 49 and still being able to make decisions like i don't i don't understand what is the whole majority thing with the big companies, if you know that this equity person is gonna help get your license up, and you can talk them into having your name on the store and still letting you have some form of the control, most of these people with the 51% don't want the control and don't wanna be at the store. I like to be at my store and talk to my customers and do all the stuff and learn everything about the business. Sean from Burners on Hay and Frisco, he wants to be, he's the general manager, he, like, he wants to be that person. Some of them don't. There's nothing wrong with you still having your majority and they still doing all the shit like if these other if these bigger companies can understand that. But again, we dealing with people that don't understand hustle. They don't understand the weed game. They don't understand none of that shit. You know what I'm saying? So they don't they're not thinking that for them. Two percent is not going to change anything. Because At the end of the day, you can write within the contract. If you start doing stupid shit, we're going to say stop doing stupid shit three times. And then after that, we take over. You can put ways in there to do what you got to yeah. do. And then the person on the other end can throw their
7: well, Be you know the funny thing okay, is though yeah, go ahead. In, in la yeah. they can't relinquish exactly. their ownership to the to the non-social equity partner i mean they've the way they've made the rules it makes it really tough on a you know company that wants to come in to invest on uh it just like like you've been saying though the people who made up all these rules it sounds good the social equity status they're helping people out but they're not they're not they're not doing it in a way that's really practical and how people are gonna come out. And I I think I really like your angle too, as far as if you're gonna have these programs, I mean, make sure that it's really set up so a black person, person of color can be successful so you don't get that negative stigma if something goes yeah. down, like you were saying earlier, that you just don't want, you know, you don't want failures because it wasn't done properly. And then you're going, look, we told you, waste of money, blah, 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 whatever you said earlier. And uh, I think that's really important. But the, the legislators, and I like what you said, too, about voting from the city council up because the city council actually is the most, the the biggest vital group. Like- that's one of the most
4: vital pieces of the government. Like I remember going to school hearing about checks and balances and non-legislative from the judicial branch. Like you have to start at the local level to help craft the rest of the tree. But I don't, I don't know if this is something that's totally off subject. But I think it's something that's going on nationwide. we are they are not teaching our kids. Ignorant.
3: It's just ignorance
4: of not being able to learn it. Yeah. It. Well,
7: I mean, because it's in, in cannabis, especially you don't want to vote. Especially, or especially in California, the uh, oh. everything starts at the city level.
2: Right. If, if, if
7: the city council has to has to pass an ordinance allowing for cannabis in that city or the people yep. of the city have to pass an initiative. And some so people you think are, it's the
3: governor or something. So, so oh, we got to make sure we vote for the governor. No, no, no. no. Exactly. Yeah, you got to go in and find no. out who your
7: city council people are. Are they behind are they pro? cannabis? And we, we got to get people before, out there yeah, and always. vote. We got to, we we got what we call smoke the vote. People got to get out there and vote. Every top hip-hop artist i've been bitching about this for three years they should be blasting out voting go vote for cannabis friendly and and every week on the show i come up with in in some city state at the city state or federal level there's all kinds of candidates who are coming out in favor of legalizing cannabis in their campaign information not hidden in the right. back not you know right. I don't want to really talk about it, but I'm for it. But literally in your face, I'm smoking a joint as a candidate. And there's just so many people out there like that. We need to get everybody out to vote and I'll get off my horse. I can't speak on the
4: rappers and why some do some don't, but I can speak on me. I'll be goddamn. I'm going to do everything in my power. So people can see people like us are willing to vote are trying to put the right people to office are willing to talk about what needs to be done in the space by putting the right people in the space. I don't have no, like, leash, because it's me. I'm being genuinely me, and I'm not disrespecting anybody. I'm just calling it how it needs to be called based on my experience selling cannabis since I was 16 in East Oakland. So a lot of my traits, they may come off of, oh, cool, cool, or he being an asshole. I don't give a fuck, because the shit has to be said so people and understand like it, it, it can be done a certain way and all this could be right but talk, it has to be me i don't have to be the one making i want to get bro. into that east you know east
3: oakland growing up because i'm from the bay as well right so yeah. you know we've crossed paths have mutual friends and yeah. growing up in east oakland or oakland period being black if you know oakland you know grape street and you know the brothers out there it wasn't Crips and Bloods it was Grape Street and you know you go to the lake and how did you deal with selling weed and, and that mentality I mean maybe you are Grape Street I don't know but you know what I'm uh-huh. saying I mean how did you I, deal I'm, with that I'm,
4: I'm from the deep I'm from the deep east, so we, I'm from 80th Um, but how just how I moved in the game for me was from my daddy my daddy never fucked with me in the game never sold weed with me until we got grown grown we don't fuck he never, he never did that he taught me how to detail cars So I've been detailing cars for 30 years. But how he sold his weed, I noticed he never went to jail. How he did that was it was a transaction. It was I'm going to pull up. I'm going to come in. We're going to do this transaction. I'm going to smoke some of the weed I just sold you, and then I'm going to go home. So I'm like, well, damn, if I want to sell weed, that's how I'm going to have to do it. And then once I started working and realized all of my associates that I worked with smoked, it was just like I don't need to go to the corner. Going to the corner is how you get caught up. Yeah. The reason why I got caught up that day and how I was out, I was on the turf for about a seven month period in between my son being born. I had I was in between jobs, so I was like, let me go to the turf. Had I never made that move to go to the turf, I wouldn't be talking to y'all now. Yeah.
0: Because
4: I would never get caught. Like I always feel like if I want to sell weed as a business, the goal is to not get caught. Standing on somebody's corner is yeah. how you get caught. It's not the way. You're advertising right. yourself. You're you basically saying I'm selling this product that you know I'm gonna jail for. It, so please come get me. At least I'm selling it behind a closed door in a business with a person, whatever, whatever. You know what I'm saying? It's not out there. So that's that's how I was able to survive in these openings as a weed man and and the cookie man. Like people know me for selling weed basically since 2001. So it's just like that's just it's been moving like that forever, and I always move myself as a store, a brand,
2: and a business. So. I don't know. It just—it won't be <laughs> to be me. I guess. So, so, so we're with El Fat. El Turkey Bloods. <blunt>. Um, <laughs> Not I keep, I keep saying Turkey, tough. man. You know why? Because turkey, turkey, was the dude from uh, turkey, turkey Williams. Williams. Yeah, recom- I keep thinking of Turkey Williams. I'm like, are you guys related? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. We'll be right back after this break. Welcome back to Cannabis Talk World. We're with Tucky Blunt right here. (laughs) Tucky Blunt. Well, Tucky Blunt. Oh, it's Tucky? I thought it was Tucky Blunt. You know what? (laughs) Before we get started, I want to give a special thanks to Jeremy, Jennifer, Elvis, Chubbs, Peanut, and don't forget Black Eye Pitt. Yeah, our brother Pitt with a black eye still. Our brother
3: brother came to work and he said he fell in the shower. Yeah. And he had a oh, cut on okay. his eye with a big old knot on his eye. hurt finger. Oh, no, man. man. Don't be disrespecting Hang a woman out.
2: like that again at home.
6: Yeah. She, <laughs> she beat she you
2: up. Whooped him. him. <laughs> she whooped him nice. She did, man. So, no, it, it's a, it, this is a fun part of the show, man. Before we get into the, the high five, I want to tell you something. You know, right now you've been on, um, you know, different podcasts, different, you know, shows and different, you know, uh, outlets. Can you talk about some of those outlets that you have been on? Ooh, loading yeah, I've
4: been on Sway. Did, like you said earlier, good dude had me out there. I went out there for my birthday. So I did Sway, Karen Hunter, my birthday, um, which was dope. She's like, why are you here on your birthday? I'm like, man, I got to spread the word, whatever day it is. So that was right. great. Um, I've been on, because I feel like if I'm not willing to come on my birthday, that's being stagnant. Like I really need to get this message out there to as many people as possible. So again, it's an honor and a pleasure for me to be here. Thank but you. Um, I've done them this year, I've been uh, Forbes. Did me a feature on 420 at 420 with a uh, Warren Bobro, good dude. I met him when I was in New York as well. Um, I did Black Enterprise recently. Um, I'm doing Cannabis Talk one on one right now. Which I
7: mean like, that's huge, hell
4: yeah. Um, I'm doing Fox Soul next week. They reached out. i just been. I've just been.
7: Now, y'all so know what,
4: whoever run y'all emails. I send email. I get up every morning at five and send my bio to somebody, and I'm just persistent in you know trying to get the message out there. So
7: now, I, how I long you know. have you been doing all these interviews? And is it something that chi- kind of just happened, or did it happen to um, around you know when you first opened in November, or it finally is kind of starting to hit?
4: No, so when we first opened, before we were opening, people called when that we were to open. People started kind of like getting inklings, but once we opened, we had our local coverage. And it was just for me. I'm our marketing department. So I try to think of ways I can market without spending a lot of money because we don't have a lot of money. Believe it or not, everybody think we're rich but we're not. <laughs> um, so I try to think of ways to market without spending money. And that's me. So if I got to get on a plane to go meet somebody, to go interview, to get your bio together. Um, I forgot who it was I was talking to. Um, oh, Erica Diaz. She does something called a table of twenty. And she was like, a send me your bio. She uh honored me at one of her events and did, had never met people before or anything. And I was like, shit, I don't have a bio. Let me get a bio. <laughs> and that was um in uh like the beginning of 2019. And I've just been on ever since. I feel like if I have to send my bio to five outlets, I'm lagging because I need to be on everything that that will allow me to be on. You know what I mean? So props to iHeartRadio for you know, allowing y'all to do that. Cause my brother works for iHeart and at Came and he couldn't do nothing. All he could do was mention us on air. But when I seen iHeart, I'm like, dude, times are changing. So I'm just like I said, I'm honored. Media is uh, it's not new to me because I used to be a rapper and I used to be on stage a lot. I used to throw parties in Oakland. Like you know, Joe said I've I've been around, but I don't mind sharing knowledge. So if that means I gotta be the spokesperson for my store, fuck yeah, that's free promotion. I don't have to pay me. So, yeah, I don't know. Man, I used to love going ass. to Oakland.
3: Back in the days when I'd go to East 14th and I'd go to Flint's Barbecue. You know about Ooh, Flint? Boy, oh boy, we would leave high school. Flint's I would sell right my, my, my lunch store. tickets to go Flint's get me a slab Flint's of ribs from Flint's Barbecue. Right if people crazy. have no idea. I mean, they got that's Everton neat. Jones out there. But Flint's Barbecue, that's the old no, spot. No, is
2: the one. Flint's is the one. Chucky, let's get a little flow real quick. We want yeah, to let's hear an old flow. Good one, good one. You got one for us. Like, you're on
4: East 14th hanging out? I do. I do. All right. Oh, you i got put on the spot to rap. All right, let me see. Let me see. Let me see.
2: We we need to do it.
4: We gotta do it. All right. I've been the weed, man, 24 and counting. Big bags, That's your baby mama about me. You mad and that's really not shocking. Ltd in front of nanny house, clean as fuck, knocking. You claim you blowing good, but all I smell is gelato. That shit is watered down like an off-brand Moscato. I've been blowing good since the Red Fence days. Real light green, four zip, them plays. 800 made the dope spot a weed spot. Me and Bert had a rolling bus hella knocks. Hit me a twin if you wanted to for 10. Just got a call from V. He know I stay ready to spin. It never ends. I got a legal turf now. It's full circle. Got niggas like, wow. Everybody want to ask me how, but I just kept path walking, man, because that's my
2: style. And I'll yeah. leave y'all with that. Yeah. <laughs> very nice that was some fire right there before we
3: get to the high five i want to get your thoughts on black ownership in cannabis what are your thoughts on that overall
4: it's vital um it's necessary um it's a lot of us out there and so we all have to get a network together and link up with each other so we know who we are and where we are within the space but it's vital no disrespect to any other race, but Negroes are the cannabis space. We set the trends. We set the prices. We everybody want to wear the weed stuff or do the weed. We got our white, you know, our white friends that do our do their thing, you know, but black people run the space and we're not representing the space well at all. And we're out here, but we just got to, you know, it's vital that we speak up and, you know, be willing to show that we are successful and can be successful in this space, in a space that we should run, but they don't want us to.
3: I feel like it's even more minority, because I really look at a lot of the farmers if you look back in the day, too. You know, even watching some of the old cartel stuff when it went from growing cocaine. Don't point time. at me when no. you see that. I, I'm using my <laughs> hand. <laughs> he starts aiming at me like, oh, god. Well, yeah. And, yeah. well and ironically, you ready for this, Alfonso? Blue grew yep. up the same way as you. Blue got in the game because his dad... Was growing and selling as well, so everything you were describing. But he was just sitting there going, "And we've it's heard very a story. Similar, bro. Very, very similar. His dad yeah. sold dough, so, weed. Yeah. He sold weed. It's Just the same concept. But Even my e- point is, you look at the Latins. You know, they used to, they were growing it out in Mexico. They're growing it here, big old bricks of it. And then, you know, of course, the African American community is, is heavy into it too. But it's a more minority-based the, and, and I do be, I do be. be.
4: Having to correct myself on that sometimes. I'm not saying it's, everything should be black. It should be black and brown. And I, like I said, I have had to correct myself on that because we are. But the people who you see as the space aren't either black or brown. And that's the right. problem.
2: No, I, I think it's yeah. you said it right, though, because, you know, the question was towards, you know, black minority owned businesses. And so you're referring to your culture, you know, and, and I, I have to agree with you, though, is, is my my father, you know, was was very similar to yours. Like he went to work every day. He was a postal service. He was in the union, you know, a military, you know, a Navy, uh, you know, so he, he but he always said, I'm going to work. And, and then on top of that make it my side hustle it wasn't just my hustle you know and and I think that's the separation between some of us that understand more of the business side of it versus just the street side of it and a lot of people that are that are in our communities they only know the street side of it or they they kind of know this other side of it whereas someone like ourselves we, we were kind of uh brought up with the hey you still got to work you still got to hustle and now that yeah. it becomes work yeah. now it is the work and the hustle and so yeah. it's a little more you know easier for us to get into the industry and less money to make because you're not doing and like less Martin. money to make yeah <laughs> Dang,
4: this, is, this is why stuff like this is important just talking in the podcast and interviewing and getting the word out because people can see if there are people that look like them, talk like them, dress like them, and act like them. Like I got suits and ties and all that, and can do all that. I got the fedoras. I used to sell weed in a fedora with <laughs> shoes that made noise at the bottom. Like I used to go to the turf dressed like I was going to a goddamn club. So <laughs> you can talk to me like people need to see people like them and be like, damn. Well, if he can do it, I can do it. Yeah, like that's what you, that's what needs to be shown. It's not just the. Corporate, you know, white person that's doing a successful cannabis space. You got the Al Harringtons, you know what I'm saying. You got the Hope wiseman's You got the Me's, you know what I mean. So it's like you can do it. It's just give it back. No thing I'm gonna, most, the fun, I'm gonna do my part. I'm gonna do my part.
7: The funny thing is, most of those corporate white guys who are coming in aren't lasting very long.
3: Well, they're spending they're a lot. Fucking going crazy. Like the guys from Medmen, Greg. Shit. I've been telling you, medman's spending way too much money, and they're doing way too much. You don't want to listen to me. <laughs> you know saying um and you know it's not nothing against them because I wish everybody
4: I wish everybody success was because it's money for everybody. But high time trying to buy out all these clubs. Why? Like, I don't without, think it's, it's
7: going to happen. Well, I the big not. deal
3: went didn't go through. They've been trying to buy all those sixteen farms, seventeen dispensaries, and this and that. It's just like, geez, what do you guys? Well, I just doing? read
7: something today. I didn't read the whole article, but I did something. Did I did read something about high times? Uh, I think up in Oakland, maybe a few of the stores mm-hmm. they were going to buy it's in trouble now because of their corporate structure and their ownership changes and and i don't know i haven't dealt with oakland's uh, regulations yet we don't have a client in that area uh, as far as uh, storefronts go so i don't know what they ran into but the whole thing's on paper stock options which who knows what they're even going to be what well, they ran
4: into uh, basically um they had bs bs paperwork and practices and like you said the ownership changes and The thing is, the equity program, we are currently, there's be four equity dispensaries open before they just did the most recent drawing. We're the only one open.
7: Wow. So did the other ones
4: sell their licenses? Did they, are they trying to get places and it hasn't happened yet? We're talking about we've been open two years. We've had the license since the beginning of 18. How are none, none of the other ones open? So they ran into that because one of the dispensaries they were trying to buy was one of the ones where an equity owner gave or whatever his license or whatever they had going on to have a heart. But I don't know if it's open yet. One and then two. Does that make it still a social equity? Dispensary?
0: Or is it against if the rules?
7: Right? Uh-huh. Is it, it, or is it against the rules because in LA they're trying to do all kinds of shit sideways with these corporations? But at the end of the day, when they come into my office and I look at the regulations, it goes you can't do that. I don't care what your lawyer says or the other lawyer thinks he can do work around. You want to have a second set of documents? Really? Like not? I don't
4: not- want to work around. Like, dude, put it in black and white. Let's sign
2: this. shit Three
4: to five is a term, and let's go get money. But you got to have education to be able to have them conversations. Yeah, no, absolutely. Well,
2: well, well we're with Tucky Blunts from Blunts and More, Oakland, California, and it is time for the high five. We're going to give ready? these
3: five, brother. You ready? Question number I'm one. Ready. I'm ready. I know
2: you said you started young, but
3: how old were you the first time you smoked weed, and where'd you get it 13. from in the town?
4: 13, and I got it from, we were at a, like a graduation party. But like middle school, and one of my homeboys had some weed, probably got from one of his brothers.
3: That's always good. What is and your it was fa- fired. What is your <laughs> favorite way to use
7: cannabis?
4: I prefer to roll up a nice five two grams with a little bit of nice, little bit of wax or something on it. Shout out to Burner, um, good dude. We have had a good talk, working on some good shit. But um, yeah, I like I, I'm old school. I used to like to roll like swishers. But once i got the little roller the cookies roller and i can roll a joint oh that's give me papers all day vibes
2: question number three of the high five craziest place you've ever used or smoked cannabis
4: my dispensary uh we were closed but to be able to smoke at my legal turf yeah that's crazy to me
3: yeah so, awesome. congratulations it really is that had to be one of those good feelings like you were just about <laughs> to lie like what the fuck? Dog, we in my right. dispensary. I went to jail yeah. for this I've been selling this shit when I was a kid. This is that that's was your, pop Did shit, your pop's. Did y'all know the same zip there? code? Like I'm 13 blocks from where
4: I caught my case. Nice. Like I'm in the same zip code. I called my case in, and then right back to the five. But y'all gotta hear this. Oakland got beat up all the shit with all the break ins, all the blah 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 blah. So we've been on the phone with police, all the different dispensary we owners. The cop who's leading the investigation on trying to cancel everything and stop all the stuff is the same cop who arrested
3: Shut no, up. and you're working with him, and he's working Come with you. On, like, man. what can we do, Alfonso? How can we help? How can we get this started You're like, motherfucker. You know how you can arrest people or, like or me. You send him
7: a box of chocolates because if he hadn't gotten that case, <laughs> if, he if he hadn't arrested me, right? I man, mean,
4: but we have talked about that, but it, that just goes to show, like, this all even talking to y'all at this time on this date, everything is meant to fall in place. When it's meant to fall in place.
7: That's it. If it's Question meant to be,
4: it's number meant to be.
3: four of the high five with Tucky Blunt. AKA owner of Blunts and More, question number 4, what is your go-to munchies after you get high?
4: A warm honey bun and some Nestle Quick strawberry milk. Oh, I pay for in the morning. Oh, Not uh, a honey one. bun. That he just takes me back
3: honey. to jail. <laughs> when you say honey bun. You know
4: I, mean? I feel like I'm in hey, Redwood City. A big, one. a big giant honey bun warm. Uh, you just leave it whole, just take little pieces dip yeah. it in the Texas milk. Texas
2: honey oh. bun, huh? That
7: just those are good, wrong. those are good. And number 5, <laughs> If you could smoke cannabis with anyone dead, dead or, alive, or
3: alive, who would it be?
7: My you.
4: grandmother, the first person who ever took me to a cannabis dispensary.
3: She yep. tell us that story. What do you mean? I, I, I got to hear more. Um,
4: so at 19, I used to always take my granny around, run her errands. That's my, my granny right here. On
3: the oh, sweet. God, God bless her.
4: her. Um, She heard my dispensary is about five blocks from her house. Same street, but about a five blocks difference. But um, one of her errands was to take me to a store. I pulled up 19th of Telegraph, downtown Oakland. She Came out with a white bag. I'm like, what's that granny? She like, uh, that's weed. I'm like, you, I mean, she smoked, we all, you know. I'm like, you bought weed out of a store? She said, yeah. I said, I want one of these. This was 1999. And I started working at my first dispensary at the end of 99. But I told her then I wanted a dispensary. Never knew this would happen. But yeah, I would love to smoke a joint with her right now in my parking lot. Nice, very nice,
3: nice, 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 very nice. I think yeah. your grandma took really, you your first like dispensary, a legal dispensary, awesome. but still, that's great. Great. Did you see grandma smoking weed, or you just knew of her smoking weed? Yeah,
4: no, did every like when they had parties and cookouts and stuff at the house, and they playing dominoes, I'm peeping through the thing. And they just to a- smoking. She liked to roll her papers. She grew weed before. Like, yeah, no, weed is prevalent in my in my family. So that's dope. Yeah, I guess blunt Hey, blunt was the perfect last name <laughs> yeah
2: <laughs> yeah yeah Tucky man we want to thank you for being on Cannabis Talk 101 and uh you know we do appreciate you and we're, we're supporters of you uh anything else before we get out of here man
4: man just shout out to the whole cannabis space shout out to everybody that's uh been working with me um, shout out to Weed Map; they've been really um helpful in the stuff I've been trying to do shout out to you guys for having me um and then just anything that y'all ever need from me meaning to talk me to help me to I'm here we'll be in Oakland well, yeah. when you come please.
2: to LA make sure you touch base with us and Craig you should yeah. probably touch base with him we like will I'm gonna get your I'm gonna get your number and we'll touch base with yep. Yep. some of that stuff yep man yep. thank you for being man. on our show man it's Cannabis Talk 101 remember Appreciate
3: this
5: Remember this, guys, if no one else loves you, we do. Peace, Peace, brother. Thank you for listening to Cannabis Talk 101 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry.